Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Sam Kahn defended me earlier in the show. Thank you to uh, Sam Kahn on the word bye week or the term bye week. Sam, thank you very much. So you think bye week is what I think bye week is, right? Yeah, it is when you get to advance in a tournament without playing. And I, this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. I was always taught in journalism school at AP style, you either call it an open date or idle. That, that's when you're that's when you're off. That's when you're not playing on a regular season week. And I also have used off week, which is just pretty self-explanatory. Yep. I have done everything I can not to use by week in print when it's not a team advancing in a tournament. Yeah, you don't. You, you know who I blame? Yeah, the no, NFL. No, you blame the the uh, what's the, the no the NFL like the NFL just regularly throws out the word the, the term the, yeah. the, the, the bye week like yeah. oh the I forgot the, about the Jets bye week is week ten. There used to be like Notre Dame comma idle and that i haven't heard that used uh sam in a, in a long long time so thank you for clarifying it from your point of view uh, also now i asked the question and paul and i were discussing this with our audience about if with three weeks to go and again there's three weeks left who would you is ollie gordon the overwhelming favorite is it jonathan brooks is it somebody we're missing as who would be the big 12 player of the year at this particular time yeah, I think if you were picking it right now, it's probably Ollie Gordon because you think about when he started to take off coincides pretty pretty well with the rise of Oklahoma State. I mean, you think about where they were after four weeks and then he starts ripping off, you know, 160 yards, 200 yards, 280 yards, and, and all of a sudden they start winning football games. So... I think he probably is the pick. I think there's a case for Jonathan Brooks, certainly. But that Texas team is so talented around him. I heard you guys, somebody made that point about what if you took Ollie Gordon away from Oklahoma State. And, yeah, I think that hurts the Cal folks a lot more than taking Jonathan Brooks out of the lineup would hurt Texas. We just saw Texas 
survive two games without a starting quarterback and still win. So uh, I think it tells you how, how big that team is. If I were to nominate anybody from Texas, I honestly wouldn't even go on the offensive side. I would go on the defensive side of Andre Sweat. Yeah. Uh, Think of how few teams have run the ball on Texas. I mean, I watched Houston didn't even try to run the ball. They, They threw the ball the entire game because they refused to try to run it in the middle with Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy there. And I think Sweat, even though he doesn't play 80 snaps a game, gosh, he's such a presence in the middle of that defense that he has changed them from a team that two years ago could not stop the run to now one of the best run defenses in the country. I've never seen anybody. There's others, but that, that big, that strong, and also that mobile, and he blew up those last couple of plays along with others you mentioned in their game and win, holding off Kansas State that win in overtime. Paul? Sam, uh, this week uh, you've got some some big ones again. It, it's maybe not as as you know tilt worthy as as last week. Who do you think is the, the the most nervous team this week in the Big Twelve to to stay in the race? Yeah, gosh, that's a good question. Uh, I look at, I mean, certainly, I think you're nervous, even though Texas gets Quinn Ewers back. I still think you're a little bit nervous because you want to see how he looks. Is he a hundred percent? Uh, you know, how, how close is he to full strength? I, I do think they're going to handle TCU on the road. I mean, the, the Horned Frogs have just been struggling quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, Kansas, obviously, you know, they, they, they're, they've they got Texas Tech at home. That, that one's a tough one. Oklahoma State goes to UCF. And even though UCF has been down, they're a really talented team. And we saw, I mean, you guys saw firsthand uh, how well they played against Baylor. Uh, I mean, they've got a lot of talent and a lot of speed. You know, they flirted with beating Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma State is in a is in a, a tough situation just because it, you got to go on the road against a good team, and even though the record doesn't necessarily say that. Uh, every game really from here on out for these teams is, is going to be huge because this race is so tight at this point. So I, I think really you could, you could fill a long list of teams who, who are quote-unquote nervous at this point. Sam, there's a lot of teams that are not reaching what at least were maybe just a normal – what you expected, and one team that we cover is Baylor, and they're in the middle of that. Who else, in your opinion, has been disappointing? Not we, We've discussed some of the teams that are still alive. Who are the disappointments so far in the Big 12, in your opinion? TCU is by far the biggest one to me. Uh, I, I mean, I think, I think Baylor has definitely been a big one uh, just because I, they fall into depth that I didn't think they would. But TCU... I really thought they had a chance looking at their schedule at the start of the season. I thought they had a chance to start 6-0 and when you looked at the schedule. And I thought they had a chance to be a 9-8-9, maybe even a 10-win team if they played their cards right, despite the fact that they lost what they lost, because I thought they did really well in the portal. I thought they really reloaded their talent pretty well. And even when I watched them, like I watched the game against Texas Tech a couple weeks ago, week and a half ago, I still think they have talent. That's the thing is I still think TCU is a talented team, but for whatever reason, it just has not worked. Nothing has worked there. Offensively, they don't seem to have an identity other than, I mean, they go fast. And other than that, they don't really have cohesion offensively, it doesn't seem. Defensively, they struggle a lot. And I do think there probably is a little bit of a vacuum of player leadership because last year you had a team with so many guys who were multi-year starters. Max Duggan and Kendra Miller and Quentin Johnson and Steve Avila, guys who had played together for so long. And so even if you have a comparable talent level, 
you've got a lot of new faces in new spots. And I think I, we probably take for granted how hard it is to get that all together. But even with that, you, you shouldn't be losing 41 to three to Kansas state. You shouldn't be losing by two touchdowns to Iowa state. So that, that TCU has probably been the biggest disappointment for me. Sam Kahn with the athletic.com with us on 365 sports. Sam, I think back to every A&M coach that's been fired over the last 20 years, whether it's RC Slocum, uh, Dennis Francione, Mike Sherman, Kevin Sumlin. Um, there was there was always like a ton of noise where you knew that it was definitely going to happen. Jimbo Fisher, there is certainly frustration, but they're a little quieter about this. What do you think the reason for that is, and do you think it's because they they really don't have a plan B and are just going to stick to it another year and see how he does when Texas comes back? I think the biggest reason is the money. That's number one because the, the contract situation that they're in. But the other the other part where that makes I think it makes everybody a little hesitant to just flush it all down at this point is the amount of talent they have on the roster because they are legitimately one of the five most talented teams in the country. And when you watch that team line up just physically across the board, it is without question one of the most talented rosters in the country. So I think there is a, there is a question of if you make the change, how much of that talent do you lose? Does a lot of these guys hit the portal all of a sudden? If you keep Jimbo Fisher, does that keep the team together? I don't know the answer to that because we're dealing with 18 to 23-year-olds. So anything could, any number of things could happen. Uh, but I would say that I wouldn't – we've still got three weeks left in the season. What happens on Saturday against Mississippi State and what happens on November 25th against LSU – I think is going to tell us a lot about the direction of this thing. I know Brent Zwinnerman from Houston Chronicle earlier this week had, had promote, reported that as far as he he's concerned that, that as of right now, it seems like that Jimbo's probably going to be back next year. But I, I, I did take notice that he said as of early November, <laughs> which yeah. is, things can be very fluid. And if they look bad against Mississippi State this weekend, a team that they by all uh, accounts should be at home, uh, you wonder how that impacts things. Sam, uh, are you, as we are, and we spent some time on it, obviously, with what's going on in the Big Ten with all the stuff with Michigan, are you tired of that story? Are you worn out by that story? <laughs> I hate that it's overshadowing the season, but give us your thoughts, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm at that point now because it's been, I think, every day now for a few weeks. And, uh, I mean, it, justifiably because it feels like something new comes out every day. You know, whether, yeah. whether, you know, for a while it was new evidence and now it's new developments with conversations between Michigan and the Big Ten and the back and forth of all that. Um, and the hard part is, is I don't think there's really an easy answer. I, I don't envy the position that Tony Petiti is in right now because you've got a mob full of coaches and schools in the Big Ten who are very upset at what they deem being a, at a competitive disadvantage because of, you know, everything that we know at this point. And then you have a, a, the side of Michigan that wants the NCAA investigation to play out, which I think is fair. I, I think it's fair to say, hey, we should have an investigation play out fully before we deliver punishment. And then, you know, obviously they're, they're bringing out, you know, I guess some allegations of their own as well. So 
it's a really tough spot to be in. But I, yeah, I am tired of it because me at my heart, like you guys, I'm sure I really just love the ball. And I just really want to watch the ball. And I'm kind of more interested in Michigan and Penn State playing on the field than I am about what's happening with this, just because it is dragged on to this. Yeah, it, it's just it's just gotten so uh, sloppy and, you know, nitpicky and, and uh, fighty. What, yeah, this is what I've said. And Paul is much more involved in politics and all that than I am. It has become Republicans against Democrats, in my opinion. Well, that's kind of, I think in some ways, College sports, and I've had this conversation with many color reporters, I feel like college sports and even just the, the vibe around fans and, and, and their allegiances, it has a very partisan nature to it. Yeah, It has a very, you're either with us or you're against us, right? So if you're a Michigan fan, and you feel like everybody's against you right now. And if you're not a Michigan fan, then you feel like, man, Michigan is not getting the punishment that, or that they're not getting receiving the consequence they should. And so uh, just like I think we, you, you mentioned that dynamic, I feel like we all have our fan outlets that we follow and places that we follow. And, well, I read this and not that. So it is, there is some parallel between college sports and politics for sure. Sam, um, do you think Texas, should they win out, will wind up in the college football playoff because the things that they need to happen in front of them will have happened. Yes. I, 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 if I cannot picture a scenario where a 12 and one Texas team is left out of the playoff, I would be stunned if that happened. I know that 10 years ago, we had this very conversation with Baylor and TCU and they both got left out at 11 and one, but this has the advantage, two advantages that those two schools did not is, one, they'll have the conference championship game, so there will be no dispute as to who the conference champion is. Two, they have a win over Alabama. Well, and I'll get I'll add a third advantage, is they're Texas. And I know you guys have probably heard it, and I would imagine a lot of people listening probably believe that if Baylor or TCU were Texas or Oklahoma, one of those teams would have gotten into the playoff in 2014. Absolutely. And both of them would not have gotten shut out. And so – because of Texas's brand, but also their resume, like a 10-point win at Alabama, with considering where Alabama is now, it looks better and better every week. So I, I could not imagine a scenario, even though I know there's been some discussion the last couple of days about, well, what if it's Alabama and Texas at the end, and Alabama's 12-1 and one and they beat Georgia. I still, and having sat in that college football playoff uh, mock, mock selection thing, if the resumes are similar, that's where head-to-head becomes a tiebreaker. And I would think that Texas and uh, Alabama at 12-1, and one, the resumes would be pretty similar. Uh, and, and Texas having a head-to-head advantage over Alabama, I think, would give them uh, the way into the postseason. You know what I'd love to see? Two alpha brands, even though Alabama in the last 10, 15 years has been like the alpha brand, and Georgia's now taking on that right now, but two alpha brands – Two mega, mega blue bloods being angry at each other, but you have head-to-head. But, I mean, I want to see, like, I want to see a blue blood left. (laughs) Sam, I want to see a blue blood left out for once. And they're like, wait a minute, but we are. Uh And now realize what a lot of other teams deal with when things like that occur. And that's what would have taken five or eight years ago to get an expanded playoff sooner. Of course, now we'll have the expanded playoff sure. next year, uh, but but it won't come in time if we do end up having the situation. All I'm picturing is Steve Sarkeesian and Nick Saban 
on SportsCenter on Saturday night before the selection show lobbying for their team to be picked as the final team in the college football playoff. Yep, they would be. They'd be they'd be campaigning. Okay, have you watched any of um, the Equalizer, Denzel Washington, John Wick, and or Jason Bourne? Have you watched any of those type movies? Uh, the the Bourne the Bourne trilogy, I have. Okay, have you watched anything at all, John Wick? No. Okay. Okay. So you're trying to get. No. Here's the deal. <laughs> we have a debate over who would win in a fight. And if you watch any of the John Wick movies, it's John Wick. I mean, it's just John Wick. He wants you to pick, like, Denzel. And, like, but, I mean, look, I love Denzel. But, look, I'm telling you, you watch one John Wick movie, you're like, hey, he's going to win. Yeah, no, I was curious. <laughs> two, of my, two, of my, two of my best buddies are huge fans of the John Wick series. And so, just based on what they tell me, I would assume he would probably win. But, yeah, I haven't watched any of the movies, so I, I have no firsthand knowledge of that. You su- you supported him on the bye week. He's trying to find out yeah, if he has I'm, a real I'm trying friend. Trying to see how close you are. <laughs> like you are not. I am not sending you a Christmas card. I, I, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Sam. Hey, it's going to be an idle idle mailbox for me on Christmas. I yeah, guess. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it'll be just like mine. I don't get Christmas cards. So uh, thank you. Let's go enjoy games, right? Including tonight, Virginia. Yeah playing Louisville, among others. That's what I want. That's what I want to get back to. But, oh, man, this day and age of social media, and we're guilty sometimes of it. It's just hard to sometimes just be able to enjoy the games. And Penn State could probably probably do a lot of people some favors, but even losing that game doesn't mean Michigan's out because they still have Ohio State. No, uh, I would say this for that game. And I know everybody got everybody down here got to see it in the playoff game last year, and, and even though TCU beat them, but JJ McCarthy is really good, and he's a lot of fun to watch. And I, it's going to be fun to see Michigan actually get tested. They haven't been tested by this schedule yet, uh, and and this will be the first real one that they have. Because Penn State's defense is pretty good. Uh, we saw, you know, they, they they held up against Ohio State pretty well, but JJ McCarthy, I think, is a game breaker. We talked to Dane Brugler, our NFL draft expert at the Athletic. He he was on the podcast with me and Max Olson a few weeks ago. And he said, in his opinion, J.J. is, is the, the third best QB in this come, upcoming draft behind Caleb Williams and Drake May. And then maybe some NFL personnel people may even, after evaluating them, may even say they might put him in number two. Uh, but he, he's a lot of fun to watch. And so I'll be sure, certainly interested to see how that how that game plays out. This Sam, appreciate you jumping on with us. As always, love having you on the show. Sam Kahn, theathletic.com with us on 365 Sports. We appreciate it. This has been a Rogue Media Network 